0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. Again, this is Darrell EZD Fulton with my teammates, Brian Allen and Professor Craig Hawkins, PCH. We're ready to receive your phone call. We're ready to receive your email to deal with the questions that you may have. And we want to give you the biblical response. So that's our desire. That's our goal. And I trust and pray that God would give us grace and the, the clarity of mind to give you such. Brian, I mentioned emails. Let's honor some folks by who did email us questions and deal with one of them.
1: Yeah, it kind of ties in. Not ties in, but our other caller had questions uh, regarding Jehovah Witnesses. Uh, this is from <clears throat> Yvonne, and she uh, wrote, Could you please tell me how you would uh, explain 1 Corinthians 8, 5, and 6 to one of Jehovah Witnesses? They point to the Scripture to show the Father is God and Jesus is not. So, um Boy, Craig, we could do a whole whole lesson on that. But uh, let me go to It'll be a bridge
0: version this time.
1: Yeah, really. Let me go to First Corinthians, and I'll read it since it was an email. Um, First Corinthians eight five and six for even if there are so-called gods within heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things um, and we exists for him and one lord jesus christ uh, by whom all things and we exist through him uh yvonne what i would do is just uh, let the uh, jehovah witnesses know that uh, jesus is called lord and god and the father is called uh, lord and god what the terms are interchangeable and uh and i'm going to Mentioned a couple passages, maybe Craig can add some more. But one of the ones that it uh, comes out to me is Jude four, <clears throat> where it says, "For certain persons have crept in unannounced; those who were long beforehand marked out of this condemnation." Un- <coughs> excuse me, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God uh, into licentiousness. Uh, 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 I can never say that word, and deny our only. Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Here, Jesus is called our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So if he's our only Lord and only Master, where does the Father come in? I also think of uh, Deuteronomy 10, I believe it is. Deuteronomy 10, 17, where it says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. See, hear that for the Lord, your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great and the mighty and the awesome God who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. So, you know, who is Lord? okay? because it says the Lord, your God is the God of gods. But we just saw in Jude four that Jesus is our only master and Lord. And I go back to, uh, as Craig mentioned early, let me go to John twenty twenty eight, where Thomas answered and said to him, speaking of Jesus, my Lord and my God. Craig, you want to add to that?
2: Yeah, Brian, you did a great job. And so, Yvonne, um, by the way, I have a free uh, outline, it's a one-pager actually, uh, on my website, And it goes, and it's entitled Jesus is Jehovah or Yahweh. Um, And and it lists a number of passages Brian just mentioned. And so Brian's absolutely correct. Lord and God are different words in Hebrew and Greek, but they're referring to the same person or being, I should say, B E I N G, uh, capital B in this case, uh, literally. Um, it's the same being, and so Brian's absolutely right. What they're doing is they're taking elliptical passages, elliptical passages. Uh, ellipses is like the three or four dots you see in a quotation. And what it means is they're telling you something's been taken out. In other words, it's an abbreviated, we call it a truncated uh, statement. There's more to it. It's Everything they said is true, but there's more. Uh, so someone could tell you truth um, about your car, let's say, but they're not going to try to tell you everything about it uh, because, you know, you may not have any interest, let alone, um, you know, inclination to learn all that. Um, so, so what you have to do is look at these passages in context. Again, look at all the passages. And, and so well, I'm going to give you an analogy, and then I'm going to come back to some of the passages Brian mentioned, and rightly so. And, well, let me say this first. Yeah, we, we believe there's only one God. We're not saying there's three gods. That's a foolish and confuse you of the Trinity. There's one God, but he's eternally three persons. Now, it's a poor analogy, but look, Daryl's human, Brian's human, I'm human. I'm not Daryl, Daryl's not me, or Brian, vice versa, any of those. We're all human. Now, in this case, there just happens to be billions of humans, but the point is we all share the same nature. Now, with God, there's only one God, and they all have the same nature. But, but, so, now, let me give you an analogy to help you this. with this. In Revelation 19, um, we're told uh, uh, regarding about Jesus. I'll start at verse 11, but I want to get to verse uh, 12, 13. It says regarding Jesus in Revelation 19:11. following, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. By the way, the context is clearly Jesus. With justice he judges and makes wars. His eyes are like blazing fire. And on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. Now, here's what I want to draw your attention to: He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. Well, wait a minute. If only he knows it, if see, if I'm not being careful how I interpret this, and and if God's omniscient, all-knowing, then I guess the Father's not God because He doesn't know this name. No, it's it's the context. There is only one true God, not many gods. We're not polytheists. But that one God is eternally three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's why the passages Brian gave you are just excellent. And then I have a handout which has those and more that show you that the same passages that are applied to the Father are applied to Jesus and applied to the Holy Spirit. So the biblical writers are idiots. Or they believe they're not confused and they're not idiots. They believe the three are the one God. Again, not that the Father's a Son. We're not modalists. Modalists say there's only one God and one person in the Godhead. That's a heresy. Nor are we polytheists. Polytheists says there are, are many gods and many persona that are divine. No, there's only one being who's divine by nature. So you look at first what what first Corinthians eight four is telling you there's only one God by nature. We know that from John seventeen three. We know that from the by the way, if you want to remember this, go first Corinthians eight four and then flip that to Galatians four eight. First Corinthians eight four, Galatians four eight, which tells us again there's only one God by nature. But that one God by nature is eternally the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we see, for example, in Psalm 90, verse 2, a lot of verses, you can always go back and listen to this when it's loaded up. Psalm 90, verse 2, Micah 5, 2, we see, for example, God's from everlasting and Jesus is from everlasting. So we say, in other words, it's the same pers- It's the same being, although the personhoods are different, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the Jehovah Witnesses are are butchering the Bible, and then they... They try to impose a contorted, a twisted, a uh, I confused... I, I'm not saying they do it on purpose, but they have a. Con- they take our view, a caricature of our view, a misrepresentation of our view, and say, well, that's absurd. Well, it is absurd. That's not our view. Um, but this is what the Bible teaches. This is what it specifically says. There is one eternal God, and he's God from all eternity. So again, uh, Galatians 4, 8, 1 Corinthians 8, 4, 5, and 6... Psalm 90, verse 2, and Micah 5, 2, yet that God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So we have a free outline on this as well, and uh, we'd love to help you with more in dialoguing with them.
1: And, and Craig, here's another passage I look at. At uh, I don't know if you mentioned 1 Corinthians one twenty four. 24. It says, But to those who are the cult, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God.
2: Right, but you can have the power of God Paul says in Colossians one, mm-hmm. we have the power of God, but we're not God. So yeah, I don't, I didn't use that one on purpose. But what I would use is the two, sides uh, Philippians two, which we you often of course quote, often quote, Brian, uh, Ephesians two five ten is extremely powerful, mm-hmm. especially because it's quoting at the end of it Isaiah 45, 21 twenty three. So I would I look at Philippians 2, but but specifically Christ has two full natures, and this is where they get confused, because they'll quote a passage that talks about his human nature and say, see, he's not divine, but then they'll come to a passage on his divine nature, and, and they want to ignore it. So Romans 1, 1 through 3, Romans 1, 1 through 3, and Romans 9, 5, and 6, Romans chapter 9, verses 5 and 6, along with Romans 1, 1 through 3, tell us Christ is fully human and fully divine he's fully human fully divine that is the second person of the holy trinity became human the father didn't become human nor will he ever the holy spirit didn't become human nor will he ever but jesus is fully divine has been from all eternity but now since his incarnation he will be ever human as well that's not a contradiction. That's a complementary teaching, and the Bible affirms both His full deity and His full humanity. But Jehovah Witnesses have trouble wrapping their heads around that, and then pride themselves on being logical. And look, if they want to talk logic, I've taught logic in grad school for twenty plus years. So come talk to me then. Uh, they don't really understand logic. They confuse it. They misunderstand it because of their false teaching. With all due respect, and then they say, "Oh, that's that's illogical, irrational." No, it's not. You're contorted distorted caricatured view is irrational and so is the view with all due respect that the watchtower teaches jesus is fully human fully divine and again passages like romans 1 1 through 3 romans 9 5 and 6 and as well philippians 2 5 through 10 teach just that
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you uh, at least took some notes there. And while you're writing, Craig mentioned about his website, uh, but let me give you what the website is so you can go to it. Um, Just call the College of Theology. Just spell it all out, lowercase is fine. The Definite Article College of Theology, T H E, College of Theology.com. And you'll be able to get all the information he was talking about there and just browse it. I mean, take take advantage of it. These are resources that we definitely recommend and that you can definitely take advantage of
1: when he mentioned his articles
0: and things like that. So, The College of Theology.com. Excuse my voice.
1: And they can go to uh, Bible Info Brokers under uh, Resources. And link on over it's right there, the College of Theology. There we go. That's that's Brian taking care of that uh, magical
0: stuff with the internet. One triple eight, ladies and gentlemen, L A. talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Brian Allen, P C H. Professor Craig Hawkins. My name is Daryl D. Fulton. We want to hear from you with your questions. We want to give you the biblical response. Let's go to our good friend Greg and one of my favorite places to say Rancho Cucamonga. Yes, Greg, how you doing, brother? I'm doing fine. God bless you, gentlemen. Do, how do, you doing? Doing well, my brother. What's your question for tonight? Yeah, uh,
3: my question, I I went to Redbox, and I read uh, a movie, uh, Event Horizon, but while I was scrolling through, I I noticed that they had a movie, uh, Ouija Board, and that kind of bothered me, so I know it's kind of like a horror film, but I was wondering, like, stuff like the Ouija Board seances, spiritism, tarot cards, uh, uh, the horoscope, or, you know, it makes it seem like it's innocent, uh, black magic which is supposed to be evil versus white magic is supposed to be good uh, witchcraft uh, benevolent witchcraft spell casting uh, d- does the Bible talk anything about the occult in the older New Testament and can you cite scriptures and uh, Craig I know you wrote some books on that and uh, I was wondering, is there really a difference between, with, with, with witchcraft between, like, uh, you know, benevolent witchcraft or, you know, like spellcasting, where it's good spell casting and bad? So uh, I got a pen and a, a piece of paper, and can
0: you cite some scriptures for me, please? And, Craig, before you do that, um, and you did mention it um there, Greg, that Craig did write a couple of books. I'm on the website, and that's why I was able to give you the website again, Thank you. the College of Theology. You can check out Craig's books there as well. But PCH, why don't you go ahead on and uh, give Greg some scriptures in reference to this. And Brian, do you want to chime yeah, in? Yeah, I still?
1: wanted to say uh, that, that was a very first class I took from Craig called Tools of the Occult. Okay. And I, I, and I still have those tapes. And you so you know your notes still? Yes, I got my notes too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that might be something we can uh, put up on the uh, on the net. Absolutely, and, and matter of fact, and then we get all the little Facebook stuff,
0: and as people uh, support this ministry financially, we, we expand. We can put all that stuff up there on those various other apparatuses.
2: Craig? yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Greg. Good to hear from you again. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Christians and, and many in
0: the Western world,
2: as well as elsewhere, have been desensitized to the seriousness of the occult. They see it as some type of harmless, uh, fun parlor game uh, trick, you know, you'll hear of company picnics or whatever where they'll invite some spiritist or a medium uh, to, or palm reader or tarot card reader to, to do their stuff and amuse the people. Uh, the Ouija board, actually, in its most ancient form, not, not the current Parker Brother edition of <laughs> the Game Maker, uh, goes even, at least back to the Egyptians. Uh, basically, and it was used for divination. The three big categories of the occult would be divination, uh, magic slash sorcery, and then spiritism. Divination is the attempt to uh, know things about the past, present, or future via occultic means and methods. Uh, Magic or spiritism is the uh, the attempt to to manipulate reality or or to get what one wants without using, you know, let's say I want that brand new uh, Corvette, I don't want to pay money, but I have I believe a spell that will help me get that. That someone's going to end up just giving me one or what have you. And then spiritism is communication with spirits, um, and uh, whether it's Aunt Bessie, Uncle Freddie who passed on, your dog Spot or that's died, or or angels, archangels, or whatever allegedly. Um, and these are all forbidden. These are all under the category of the occult. And yeah, there's a number of passages, um, for, uh, and there's several key ones. One of the, there are dozens of passages in the Old Testament, but for time's sake, I'll give probably the definitive one. It's uh, in Deuteronomy 18, in Deuteronomy 18:9 through 14. God says, "Look, I'm kicking these people out of here because they did these things, and don't you ever do these things." And it, it includes human sacrifice and all kinds of things that are just horrific. But the main list of this is all about the occult. What? Who? Pr- Who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead, that would be necromancy. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination, but if for you the Lord has not permitted you to do so. So that's one passage of literally dozens. I'll give you a few New Testament passages in a few moments. But let me just say this. So all form here's the point. In Deuteronomy 18, in the Hebrew text, all it covers the waterfront, as we say. All types of occultism, all types of occultists practicing some form of occultism are forbidden, are condemned as being wrong. And, and so if someone tries to make a distinction between white magic versus black or gray magic or various colors, a kaleidoscope of magic, I, I've heard all that. The Bible says there's, that distinction is illegitimate. Uh, and any le- distinction you want to make there it does not carry weight. It's all condemned by God because whether people know it or not, they're trafficking in the demonic realm, and that's the biblical view. They are dealing in the demonic realm, the realm of the evil one, and we—that is off limits. By the way, you know the movie *The Exorcist*. Yeah, it was Hollywood sensationalized and all that, but that's actually based on a true story, and it was based on a child. But the child actually was playing. How did they get? How did this happen to them? They were playing with a Ouija board. Um, so this is nothing to trifle with. Nothing to mess with. Edmund Gruss, G R U S S. By the way, Edmund Gruss has written a very good book on the Ouija board and the occult. Edmund Gruss. Uh, So I want to recommend that. And the New Testament teaches the same. So magic and sorcery are not the same Greek and Hebrew words, but they're basically synonymous terms. They're dealing with the same thing. And that's what the occult's all about. Whether one claims to be a Satanist or involved in witchcraft or ceremonial magic, a medium spiritist, channeler, you know, take your pick. I mean, all these terms. Uh, think of Oprah Winfrey. Think of how many people she's had. Uh, you know, when she had her pro- main program on the, the major network, um, uh, Eckhart Tolle. People involved headlong in the occult. Eckhart Tolle. He was one of her favorite authors. Uh, one of her favorite books is called The Course in Miracles. Marianne Williamson and whatnot. And uh, who uh, espouses that? And that book is all about occultism. It's all about developing your occult abilities. And and realizing you're, that you are divine, you are the son of God, you are divine. So notice all these problems and issues, and this is America, Great Britain, and other nations in the Western world are just headlong into this. Besides in, nations and people like in India and whatnot. I'm getting long-winded, I know, but just a few more passages, Greg asked for quickly in the New Testament. I'll just give them. Um, in, in Galatians 5, there is a the list of uh, the fruit of the Spirit, but there's also the, the works of the flesh, that is, things that are wrong. And that starts in verse 17 of Galatians 5, uh, but included in this list of debauchery and, and immoral, ungodly practices, it includes the occult. You'll find that in verse 19 and 20. So Galatians 5, 19 and 20, you can start in verse 17 and see the company it keeps from the biblical uh, perspective. Now, uh, quickly, while I turn to the last verse I want to mention, we'll start at the beginning of the Bible and end at the end of it. Um, uh, people say, well, you just don't understand this. Oh, no, I've spent quite a bit of time uh, researching this and studying this and whatnot. Maybe it's uh, actually, we do understand it. That'd be like to me someone saying, well, you, you don't think people should smoke because cause you don't understand it. It's like, no, I'm not a medical doctor, but I understand plenty enough about smoking that it's really not good for your health and whatnot. But but listen to this passage, Greg, lastly. In Revelation chapter 9, it talks about God's judgment on the people at the very end of time. And I think this passage is insightful of what God's view is of the occult and what it's all about. Listen to Revelation 9, verse 20 and 21. It says, after all these incredible plagues that God pours out upon human beings at the end of time because of their sins and immorality and and whatnot, it says, and I quote verse 20, The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the works of their hands. They did not stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or walk or hear, nor did they repent of their murders, their magical arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. So notice the magical arts is one of, in this list, of despicable Uh, practices, and God's wrath is poured out on these things. And it it likens all of this with trafficking, communicating with the demonic. Now, let me just, last point, guys, quickly, I know. People may say, I don't believe in the demonic realm, and I've read, and I know cultists who say that. But the biblical view is, it doesn't matter what you think. It's what you're dealing with. Even if you think you're not, that'd be like a person saying, well, I didn't mean to get pregnant. I wasn't trying to get pregnant. I didn't think I could get pregnant you were doing things that lead to pregnancy. You know what I'm saying? Read between the lines. Mm-hmm. You were doing stuff that leads to pregnancy. When you traffic, when you deal with the occult, you are dealing with the demonic realm and that's why they'd say in German, S is forbidden. It's, it's forbidden. It's off limits. Uh, because God knows the source of it and it is aligning yourself with beings that are totally at war with God, hate God, and actually hate that person's very soul and will lead them to a crisis eternity.
1: Craig, I, I, don't want to, I don't want the audience to get confused, but if you can, just really briefly explain, because you've used the word magic a lot, and I just remember from my classes, oh, yeah. there's, there's two types of magic, one with a uh, C and one with a K. Can you explain the, the difference? Because some people might get confused when they hear right, magic.
2: Brian, thank you. Yeah, we're not talking about the amazing Randy or Creskin or many of the unquote" magicians you would see at some you know, magic show. That sleight of hand, prestidigitation, through uh, through uh, illusions, through misdirection, and just incredible skill and whatnot—they're uh, not doing things supernatural. That's not what we're talking about. That's all sleight of hand that we say or prestidigitation. We're talking, and that's often spelled, of course, M-A-G-I-C. We're talking about magic that's many times a spell with a K, because this is the idea. This is the actual when you're involved in again divination, spiritism. Uh, sorcery or magic, you were involved in the occult, and you're dealing with, again now, Ouija boards and that, and whether you know it or not, if you're doing this, you're involved with the demonic. So yeah, Brian, so we're not saying don't go to a quote-unquote magic show at Disneyland or somewhere that's sleight of hand. There are many even, you know, Andre Cole, really, really good Christians who are very solid and use that as, a, as a, the appropriate type of magic, sleight of hand to to even witness, versus the Type that's forbidden, often spelled with a K, which is trafficking with a demonic, which is, again, the big three spiritism, magic, slash sorcery, or uh, divination.
0: Now, Craig, I know we've been low this, Greg, and I thank you very, very much for your phone call. Thank you. Uh, but, Craig, I got to just ask this follow up question because when I've been reading the Bible, come up with the casting of the lots, the the urum and the thurum, the various things that uh, God actually approved that people do and they use. Uh, can you just make a quick distinction between those things where they're basically getting God's will or God's uh, what he revealed to people by using these stones and these uh, different things and the casting of the lots?
4: Well, sure, Daryl.
2: Yeah, people have actually, as you well know, have bring these up and say, oh, well, look, they're doing magic right. of the occult. No, they're not. Number one, God told them to do this. Yes. And the other, he told them not to do this. hmm so that's first big distinction. One, big one is commanded, <laughs> one is forbidden. Yes. One is proscriptive, one is prescriptive, we say. Uh, second of all, the, 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 the one that God told them to do, they're doing it to God, and they're not telling him what to do, they're asking him what to do. And so it's completely different. One is going to the true God, and he told you to do it, such as praying, and you're not commanding him, you're not forcing him, you're not binding him to do something It's his choice if he chooses to do it for you or to intervene or what have you, and he told you to do it. So the two can't be conflated at all. I know exactly. people do and try, but they're, they're completely different.
0: Well, Craig, when you say it can't be conflated, I mean, you know, we have deal with, you deal with the world, you deal with the people in the world. And so my old guy sent. just made a parallel real quick. My old guy sent out an email about being older and uh, being a, a particular ethnicity and about about sex. And so when they sent it out, the joke was kind of, you know, it was actually kind of funny because they're talking about old folks. You know, in, in our age, I wasn't I was 65 years old, so I was able to write them back saying it doesn't apply to me, but let me give you something that does apply 1 Corinthians 7. So when I did that, I I highlighted the various things of what the Bible says about sex in the Bible in regards to these old guys talking this stuff. And so it solicited more conversation about, man, I didn't know that was in there, and here you are 88 years old, getting ready to go meet your maker, and you didn't even know the Bible talks about sex in this particular way. And and so the the parallel analogy is, sex is good, but it's also bad. It's forbidden, but it's also um, approved of by God and told how to do it. Well, yeah, it's a great analogy. It's
2: we are not prude. Sex is awesome in marriage, exactly in a committed monogamous heterosexual relationship. You Absolutely. know, I, I love my dirt, Daryl, but I don't love <laughs> it on my carpet. I love it in my rose bushes. I have some, we have some great rose bushes, right. and I love them. I, I love the dirt there, especially the real rich. Uh, you know, dirt that uh, feeds those plants. Yeah. Uh, but if my kids if were to bring it in the house, uh, I'm not as in, amused. And so it is with sex, and so it is even in this case. So it's imagine. not, well, we're going in an in, in area we weren't supposed to go. This is w- when we petition God, we are going in an area he told us to do, and we're doing it to him. We're not telling him what to do. We're asking him versus dealing with the trafficking with a demonic and trying to manipulate them to get them to do what you want. Uh, you know, you're in someone's backyard. You don't belong. They have a pit bull or
0: Rottweiler and you're about to get bit. Unless you're those dogs at my house who are scared of all that yeah. loud no noise during, uh nope. this uh, blowing up these firecrackers and stuff. Well, Daryl, think of it. Yeah, think, think of
2: even, uh, and, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to pick on any dog, but just, you know, dogs that are known to be pretty ferocious can really put the bite on someone. You know, but the same dog that might bite a stranger will actually protect the child or anybody in that family. And so as you, when, you're, when you're in God's will, he's protecting you. He's watching over you. When you go into an area you don't belong, you're going to get bit by the guard dog.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Hey, Professor and Brian, let's get back to these phone calls. We got quite a bit. And ladies Thanks, and gentlemen, Greg. take a yeah, very good question. Very good question. Take out your pencil and paper. Brian's going to give you information a little bit later on how you can participate in uh, expanding this ministry and also taking care of the financial needs that we have. We'll be telling you about that momentarily. But let's go back to the phone calls. Brian, I know we have a couple more emails we might get to as well. But uh, if you want to call in at one triple eight LA talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, please do so. Or email us your questions right in the address box. Questions. Spell it out. Questions. At BibleInfoBrokers.com, Santino, thanks for holding on and calling in. All right, how are you doing? Doing well, Santino. You're from Los Angeles, right? Yes.
5: Oh, very right. good. What's uh, your question for the night? My question is, uh, what if you don't um, believe you have saving faith? What do you, uh, you know, I'm struggling. If you know, I, I don't know if I'm really born again. Uh, I think I kind of don't think I am. I don't really see much fruit in my life, and. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I question my own sincerity. Uh, I feel like I'm like trying to find the magic words. I'm telling God, you know, I know I'm right in my heart to change my heart, make me a different person. Uh, but I don't feel like I have the love of God in my heart. Well, I don't know um, how to change that.
0: Well, Santino, before Brian or Craig uh, touch in there, I would say there's that, I mean, It's a struggle. Some it's a very big struggle sometimes in Christianity. If you can't go by what you feel, you gotta go by what the Word of God says. But you are to do exactly what you're doing is to examine yourself to consider if you are even in the faith. I wish more people would do that. Be honest with you, I wish more people would do exactly what you're doing right now by calling this radio broadcast, but do it in the privacy of their own mind and their own heart because it is the heart it is a heart issue that god reads you're not gonna be able to trick god there's no trickeration dealing with god god knows but for you to be even be concerned to me is a good indication that your salvation is sure not because of way you feel or what you say or do is by what jesus christ already done so brian or craig please uh chime in
1: you know it it, it sounds like uh Centeno, that the holy spirit's working on you mm. and uh because you are concerned and you are wondering, and uh, and so like Daryl said, that that's a uh, that's a I think that's a good sign uh, that that it is bothering you, uh, and so that that's one thing. And he said much fruit. He said he's still talking about not having as much fruit, so you must have some fruit going on in there in your life, right? And you know, if, and I'm going to go to a passage that that I often go to uh, go to, and that's in First John. And um, it says, starting in verse 11, it says, And the witness is this, um, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Obviously, it's in Jesus Christ. He who has a Son has a life. So, you know, the question you have to ask yourself, did you give your life to Jesus Christ? Do you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life? Then it says, He who does not have the Son does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, it sounds like you're going through stuff. Okay, well, you know, welcome to Christianity, okay? Um, But again, um, you know, it's something where I I hope that you have uh, a pastor you can go to. I, uh, I, I pray that you... Uh, are in prayer and it sounds like you are seeking to do what's right and uh, just some of those things just are kind of like indicators that uh that you do know the Lord and you are struggling and uh the Holy Spirit's working on you okay because if you wasn't you wouldn't be calling asking about it and worrying about it so uh f- with that I'm going to turn it over to the professor
2: yeah I wait um, Am I to get this straight? Santino's saying he's not perfect. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah.
0: please. I uh, hope he's not saying that. Oh, my.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, Santino, welcome to the club, okay? None of us are. And, and I don't mean to be flipping out, trying to be funny at your expense, but its uh, it's just... By the way, I want to say the great Santino talking about magic. Right? <laughs> I,
0: knew, I knew somebody was gonna do that. I know it wasn't gonna be me. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
2: I, I took the bait. Yeah, yeah. I did it. So but 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 seriously, brother, you know, you've called a number of times and you know, we we're not God. We don't know you inside and out, but what we have shared Look, if you weren't a believer, you wouldn't be calling us. You wouldn't even care about this. You'd be out getting drunk right now or having a hangover or whatever it is you would be doing. You wouldn't even care right now. You wouldn't even bother to, all the time you waited on the line to talk with us. None of us is perfect. That's the whole point of sanctification. It's growth. It is that positional versus practical holiness I was talking about earlier.
0: With Brock. With, the Brock,
2: about right, with mm-hmm. Brock, exactly. And so... You're working on the practical. That's God working in you, both the will and do of his good pleasure. So, yeah, you're not perfect. But yeah, I, don't, I don't hear you making excuses. You know, but, but some people have this idea. It's like, well, but maybe, okay, but I didn't really believe, or I didn't really believe, or I didn't super-duper-duper-duper duper believe. <laughs> you know, you're like doing this infinite regress, second-guessing yourself. That never ends. That's an endless um, dog chasing its tail. Um, look, my friend, you trust him in Christ. I want to tell you this. Your salvation is firm and secure because He's promised. God doesn't say, well, it depends on you if you feel saved, if you really were sincere, if you were super, super sincere. Because the Bible says, actually, none of us are completely sincere. None of us are completely honest. None of us completely seek God. The good news is, brother, He sought you out, He seeks you out. He, your salvation is firm in him, not because you're holding on because you have this level of faith and quality of commitment that is genuine as opposed to some counterfeit or what false. The stuff we were talking about earlier are people who just flat out, deny Christ in every way, shape, and form. Look, none of us are perfect. We all mess up. That's why we have First John chapter one. First John is written to believers, and as Brian mentioned it earlier, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just what? To throw us out? No. Say, you're out of here, you're not living up to my standards, you aren't sincere enough, you're not genuine enough, I don't really see you really trying. No, he's faithful and just to keep on cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Indeed, it says right before that, the verse or two before that, if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, right? The truth is not in us. This is written to Christians. This isn't to non-Christians. Christians still sin. We don't have to. But we do, and you're going to. You don't have an excuse. You repent of it, but it doesn't mean you're a believer. And the fact that you're concerned is the genuine fruit and evidence. That's part of the fruit that you are saved. Look, yeah, you don't have as much fruit as you want, and neither do I. Amen. But I have fruit. There is some fruit. Yes. And here, I want to share this with you. Among many passages that I could share, in addition to what Brian rightly shared, in Hebrews, a beautiful passage, Hebrews chapter 6, oh. starting verse 16, it says, Men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath affirms, confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. By the way, Santino, that's you. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, We who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Now, there's much more to be said, but the Christ is our great Melchizedek priest. He, his work, God never says, trust in yourself. You work harder, you do more, you might make it. That's what all the cults and world religions believe. God says, yeah, don't make excuses for sin, acknowledge your sin, come to me. Actually, he brings you to him. He draws you to him, and he gives you, he helps you to believe. You believe, and the, the evidence, the work is all upon him, my friend. And so I'm not saying don't be concerned about the condition of your soul and your works, but you need to re- But that needs to be done in the context of resting in Christ. No. You, you are a beloved uh, in Jesus, you are loved by him he's brought you to himself you need to rest in his finished work he never said rest in your finished work because yours isn't finished and is mine
0: let me see Craig can I ask you this does Hebrews 3 5 and 6 apply to this in any kind of way where it talks about Moses was faithful in the house you know Moses didn't get in the promised land he did his thing and it says but in verse 6 it says but Christ was faithful as a son over the house whose house we are uh, if we hold fast our confidence and boast of our hope in firm until the end in Christ is what they're talking about in Christ, not in ourselves, right, Darryl, not in our Exactly. And that's why the church
2: would often sign letters and, and talk to each other in Cristo in Greek, mm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. Everything's in Christ. In Christ yes. God, and, God bless you in Christ. Everything's always in
1: Christ. And and one of the things I, I see happening is is just the enemy um, uh, trying to work on you, Santino, and you know. When the enemy tries to work on you, and and uh, the devil uh, is 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 putting this stuff in your head, this is you know that's what he's supposed. to He says the devil comes; he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That he says he comes to doesn't say he will. He says he comes to, but you know you do what Jesus did when when um, Satan tried to attack uh, Jesus, and God. you just say It is written. So you tell the devil when he tries to put this uh, stuff on you mentally, just as Satan it is written, he says, he who has the son has life. And say, I have the son and I have life. And because I have the son and because I have life, okay, uh, I have eternal life guaranteed.
4: Yeah.
0: Santino, I got to beg this one question of you. Are you um, fellowshipping? Are you following through with getting yourself around men that will make you accountable uh, to just life and the word of God? Or are you out there doing the long ranger thing?
5: Um, uh, Probably more of the long ranger thing. I mean, I've been trying to, you know, mm-hmm. ask, you know, pastures questions here and there, but I feel like I just always come back to the struggle of with not being sure where I am.
4: Well, sure. I
5: like maybe the lack of, like having that lack of uh, assurance is like stealing all the joy out of me, and I feel like I'm just trying to struggle well, it to make myself believe that I'm really a Christian. Right. By, you know, working you know, on stuff.
2: You know, God, God, not legalistically, but lovingly. Uh, let me just say this: your car comes with a service manual, and they and 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 we could debate how often you need your oil changed, but the point is periodically you do need your oil change. If you don't, it's going to thrash your engine. It, it's going to definitely uh, cause it to die much much more quickly than it would otherwise. And so you could be a hype about that, but you could see that these are just guidelines. So it would be like, to me, like a person keeps saying, my car is not running well. and they keep, But they keep coming back to claim, but I said, but did you have your oil changed? Have you had a tune-up? Have you, you know, Did you flush your radiator system? Did, are you putting gas in the car? <laughs> you know, in other words, if you don't, do the things, not, and the answer's not here, doing you. I'll come back in a moment. Uh, but the things that God said, why would you be surprised that you, your car's not running right? Analogously, you don't feel saved. You're, you're spending all your time on this. Means of grace. Normal, uh, regular reading the Word of God. I would I would encourage you daily. When you feed upon God's Word, He will speak to you. He will talk to you. The Word of God is living food. It, it's, it's just... Dynamic. It says in First John 2, uh, 10 and 11, people are strong because the Word of God abides in them. Well, if the Word of God is not abiding in you, you're not reading it, you're not going to be strong. You're going to be questioning your salvation. Uh, in any order, number two a prayer life, communicating with God, talking with God. I'd be like wondering if my wife loves me and I never talked to her. Hmm, what a thought. Uh, number three, uh, c- communion with other believers. And so I'm with Daryl, you know, with other brothers and talking and sharing what you're going through. And, and that's with fellowship with other believers at, at a, at a bo- local body of Christ and, and, other, and or otherwise. And then uh, I would argue communion as well, a time of reflection and taking the, uh, partaking of the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, Lord's, Lord's body. Um, but, so I believe that's vital, those big four. Those are called means of grace, what the Church has said you, need to, you should do, not legalistically, but you know, if you don't put gas in your car, don't be surprised if it doesn't run right or <laughs> run at all. Uh, I, I want to end on this because we've been talking about Scripture and rightly so. So two last points quickly. God said He will save you. God said you were as a child because you've trusted in Him. Is He a liar? Are you, you, you going to call God a liar? Brian already quoted First John 5.13 to you. God says you're saved as you're in Christ. You're in Christ not because you had the super-duper, totally sincere faith, uh, because you would be some type of superman, and the rest of us are not like that. We're all fallen, broken vessels, uh, you know, my friend. So, so you need to get over that. Look, God's the guarantor of this loan, yes, if I yes. put it that way. God guarantees a delivery here, not you. Um, if it was up to us, we'll mess it up. And, and lastly, I think of uh, the great reformer, Martin Luther, who said that he, I believe it was when he was working on the German translation of the Bible. It was not in German, and he wanted the people of Germany to be able to read it in their own language. Of course, they wouldn't be able to read it at all, otherwise. and Most of them couldn't read anyway, but certainly they needed it in German. And as he was working on this, and he was held up in a castle doing the translation, he believed, right, wrong, or indifferent, he believed the devil personally was uh, assaulting him and accusing him. Oh, Martin Luther, you're not worthy. You, You should be doing this. Look at you. You did this, and you did that. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. He felt that the devil had, if you will, my term, a laundry list of sins. And Luther was getting really depressed because it was all true. Luther, you know, had done these things. And then then Luther got his, his bearing straight. He got back on focus. His, that is, his eyes not on himself but on Christ. And Luther started, he said... In his own writings, he says he started talking back to the devil. He said, "Oh, by the way, you forgot some. I also did this, and I did this, and I did this, yeah. and I didn't do that." And his point was, "That's all covered in Jesus Christ, yes, man. Yes. That's old news. Under the that's all you got. Get out of here because that's all been paid in full by mm-hmm. Jesus Christ."
5: Well, uh, one quick question: um, Do you have any scriptures I can meditate on, or any book on grace itself, so I can get a firm foundation?
2: Yeah, all of them. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> Hey, uh, seriously, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Uh, I mentioned earlier Titus 2, 11 through 13. Meditate, read those, reflect on them. Pray, God, open my eyes. Yes, yes. Let me help, help me to see this. Not what Hawkins said, but you show me. You teach me. What do you want me to know? And or any other passage God would take you to. But the <laughs> book of Galatians and the book of Romans. So, yeah, I'm not backtracking. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Titus two eleven 11-13, but also the whole book of Galatians and the whole book of Romans. I would go through that, and I would read that, but read it like Augustine said. He said, read it prayerfully. God, I need insight. I need wisdom. This is a closed book. This is your book, unless you open my eyes. Help me to see the truth. Help me to apply and live the truth. God, deliver me. That, you know, that much. Pray it half hearted, man. I don't, I don't care how you pray it. God's going to answer that because He's faithful and good, even when we're not, Santino. Trust Him, and He will transform you, as yes. you say at the time, in the Word on a regular basis, in prayer on a regular basis, in fellowship on a regular basis, or taking of communion on a regular basis. You will be transformed from the inside
0: out. I
5: appreciate you guys' time. Thank you very much.
2: We welcome, Our pleasure. Man. Good Thank to hear you, from Santino.
0: you again. Let us hear from Thank you in you. the future too, brother. Let us know how you're doing. Thank you. God bless you. You too. You.
2: And dear O'Brien, we know as many people out there out out there like like Santino that we could multiply his call by thousands. Sure. And friends, I we just say to you the same thing we just said to Santino. You need to yeah, trust in Christ and then get into his word. You know, God's not a legalist. He's telling you if you want to grow, look, if you told me you wanted to compete as an athlete, Daryl, you, know, you know, you live the sports. If you wanted to play tennis, you want to be a good golfer, whatever, you've got to do some basic things, and that means you have the basic level of health. You have to eat reasonably well. You have to get sleep and some exercise. You can't expect to... to do well at any given sport or any enterprise if you don't do the rudimentaries, the basics, the fundamentals, we say, that are necessary to do these things. And to walk with the Lord, this is a struggle, this is a war, this is a contest. You need to be gearing up daily with the full armor of God and spending time with the Lord to be equipped to not just survive, but to thrive in life in Christ.
1: You know Craig I really like what you say what Luther said you know you're saying that he he started to say oh you forgot this and you forgot that one and I think of you know on that lines when when the devil does come and, and throw these things at you it you know my my question will be and your point is, you, you know, know, see, I, I, you guys mentioned Luther like that. That was my technique
0: as yeah. surviving junior high and high school when I became a father, yeah, even a grandfather, Craig. That's why I tell my kids. I said, if someone talk about you, talk about your mama, talk about whatever, especially when they're talking about you, I said, listen, tell them, is that all you know? I got some stuff on me that would mess your head up. That's the best you got. And Because you know what's going on within your life. You know who you are. So just like Luther, just like everyone else, please, we're being sanctified, as we talked about with Brock earlier, and we need to understand that by God's word we're going to get that accomplished. Because we're not only are going to accomplish it, but God is the workman that's going to be doing the work, sanctifying us as we go yeah. along. That's the whole key. Yeah. God's going to do the work, and he's not going to yeah. fail. Come on now. one One triple eight la talks one Open, honest question. Let's go to um let's go to our Al and Dan and uh, hold on there, we get to you in a second. Uh let's go to Al right now. If I yeah, can bring him up.
4: Praise the Lord Jesus. Uh I'm a minister. I, I when I talk to other people it's like a water fountain, a geyser. The word just comes out. But I haven't heard from God for a uh, couple of weeks because I've just been lazy. I haven't gotten Man. quiet. And I one thing I know, if you're not totally quiet, you're not going to hear God's voice, which I've been doing for several years. Uh, I would like a word. What do you think I'm doing wrong? Not listening, right? Not getting quiet?
0: Oh, I, I, I think you, I think you're right, right on point with that. Thanks for that confession. No confession <laughs> good for he the soul. He
4: just right now, before you answered, like get in a chair, get in lifting position, yes. and it will happen automatically. Well, I think I it's a discipline, God. Al. If yeah, I, I could,
0: if I could, Al, I think that you understand as a minister, as you say you are, that it's a discipline involved, and for us, going to be disciples of Christ, not just converts. Is, right. Converts I, is converts the Holy I, I Spirit job. Converts is the Holy Spirit job. Discipline is our job, even though we know that God is the workman that's doing it. It's still we supposed to. Craig, what is the what is the terminology that you use when you participate in your own sanctification? Well, I mean that just, that's just. That is sanctification.
2: That's the practical side. And so, yeah. Yeah. And and now I would say this, I think you hit the nail on the head, but I would say there's times I believe that God, uh, it seems as if He's not talking to us. It seems that He's not near. Uh, But I believe He always is. He's promised to never leave us nor forsake us. He's promised to give us the counsel and wisdom we need. But I I believe sometimes He does this because He wants to... um, he wants to fine tune our hearing. He wants to really get a sense of, in other words, if you know, you know this, Al, when you're in a room and you're trying to talk to somebody and there's a lot of noise, background noise, or other people talking, oh, yeah. you've really got to lean in and, and you, you listen very attentively because you think, I, I can't quite hear what they're saying. And I believe there's so much going on in our lives and even good stuff. But, but God wants to fine-tune our hearing. He wants us to really listen. And so I believe at times he gets really, really quiet. He's, he speaks, kind of say it this way, more quietly than normal. And he's doing that not to play games with us, not because he's not near uh, to us, but because he's trying to uh, grow us and mature us, and especially in the area of listening.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. Is he always talking, and it's just that I don't get quiet, I'm elderly, but just I don't get quiet because I hear his voice as well as you hear mine now. Is he always talking, uh, professor?
2: I'm not sure if he's always talking directly, but clearly through his word he is, but but what I know is, mm-hmm. you know my wife and I don't always talk, but we know we love each other. We be in the room and not talk at certain times, but yeah. I'm aware of her presence. I know her thoughts of, of me and our relationship. And so even in the best of human relationships, if I can use just an, a poor analogy, you're not always talking, but there's always an awareness that you're in the presence of the other, that the other one is there and that they love you. And even if they're not talking to you, my wife doesn't have to tell me she loves me all the time. She does tell me she loves me. But I know she does because of of all the all you know, overall, all, all the things involved in our relationship. And so, you know, our Heavenly Father is always, I would argue, communicate with us, maybe not speaking the word, but communicating he loves you. He delights in you. He loves to spend time with you. Uh, and But even, you know, nobody talks all the time. And not that God couldn't, but there's no need to. But we should always be aware of his presence, that he's always... He's always with us, whether he's speaking or not. But, yeah, there's times where, I, again, my experience, Al, is, is that there's just times he's just saying, Craig, you need to be quiet, as you said earlier. And But yeah. there's times where, you need, son, you need to develop. So he says to me, that is. I'm not calling you son. <laughs> yeah. He says, you need, to, you need to develop your hearing. You're, you're not a good listener. And how often does this happen? Think of it this way, and I'm sure you know this, Al, but it's got to be said for others as well. So often we're too busy talking, we're too busy yes. thinking about what we're going to say next. We're not really listening. How many times do you catch yourself like driving your car thing. and you realize, wait a minute, I've, been, I've driven how many miles and I wasn't really, really, really paying attention. And I need to focus in here. I need to pay attention. I need to listen carefully to God. I, and at least right. what, what, I want, what I want, Al, is whether he's speaking or not in some sense to me, I believe he always speaks through his word, I want to be listening so that when he does speak, I'm ready to hear. I'm available. I don't want it to be where God speaks and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm playing a video game. I'm too busy, like a, you know, a kid. I'm too busy. I'm not really listening to you. Uh, just to, And not out of legalism, but again, out of love and out of a depth of relationship of uh, yeah, delighting in God and his on. presence.
0: We want well, we want right. to be listening. All right, hey, Al, brother, we're going to have to go to another caller. we got about two minutes left. Al, I thank you very much for your phone call, brother. Excellent question. Thank you. Excellent thank you, call. Man. Let's go to our good friend uh, Dan when we can. Uh, it's probably we won't be able to answer this question, mm. but let's get into it, and then we're going to close the show out. Dan, thanks for calling in, bro, I'm holding on. Of course, wait till you got two minutes and go to dance. Absolutely, we got a couple of calls after you too, so what, what do you think I'm going to tell them? <laughs> I'm not taking it
4: personally. It's of course, I, I'm not worrying about that. <laughs> that's right. Uh, oh, hi everybody.
0: How you doing, Dan? eating and My question, and, and be, my question and,
4: was going to be on Free will, and that's not something you can do in two minutes. And now probably a minute and a half. No, oh I'm no, it would
0: take
2: me at least three.
0: I think so, yes. Well, quick, you talk pretty fast, maybe 90 seconds. <laughs>
2: All right, listen, Dan. But at Dan, least
0: push the question
2: out. Yeah, Dan, sure Good enough. evening, brother. Love you, man. It's always good to hear from you.
4: Well,
0: I was looking at, uh, I
4: mean, it's kind of a, I'm revisiting free will predestination, and then I was looking at the philosophical part of determination uh, versus free will, and then you get... Oh. To body yeah.
0: Way to go, Craig, with 60 you. seconds left. <laughs>
2: Sure, you know, Dan. Seriously, uh, next week, hopefully, we can really spend some time on this, but. But, yeah, you know the what 's called hard soft determinism the, the fatalism with the one extreme to uh indeterminism, the other extreme. by the way, the question I want to know is, were you predestined to call for the, about this question or i, or was it your, I, th- I think will? I think it was totally Sorry, his free will <laughs> but it is a great it is a great question, and it 's a difficult one, and you know the 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 great minds and thinkers of the church have have uh, been grappling with this for you know practically forever. This is a tough question, but it 's a good one to wrestle with and and to reflect upon and think through and so yeah, i apologize about tonight Dan. Yeah. but definitely in the future near future we want to spend some time with you on, on, on this and we try to yeah you know, i'd like to say i've solved it yeah, yeah no of course but, not. but i have certainly thought about it a lot and i would like to talk with you about this and right. and delve through some of the issues my friend. 45
0: seconds guys dan thanks for your call bro we're we'll talking all right Bri- brian uh, said that he, he is one of those great thinkers craig he was saying I, I, he said you're
1: right craig i thought about that yeah, I got, I got season in this class right now. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, last statement, please. Behold, I am coming quickly, and, may, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the First and the Last, the Beginning and the End. Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. PCA's 30 seconds.
2: Wow. Um, you know, God is so good. What you're looking for, life and that more abundantly, is found in Christ. You're trying to find it in sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever. And it's just not happening. Isaiah 55, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, you who have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? And God says, come to him and he will delight you. And he will fill your soul with good things in fellowship with him.
0: Thank you, Timothy. And on behalf of Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy, Daryl, Easy EZD Fulton, Brian, PCH, we say thank you. Read the Bible chronologically with me. Email us and I'll let you know how. God bless.
1: The Word was sponsored by the Friends of Living by the Word Ministries on 99.5 KKLA. Please note that Living by the Word does not necessarily...